We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, yes. A game that we have played many a times with our friends. I played high school football. Four touchdowns in one game. Who are you going to start? I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. Who are you going to bench? If coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. And who are you going to cut? Sit your $5 ass down before I make change. It's start, bench, cut on Pesco in the morning. Brought to you by Jay's Southland Toe. What do we got this week, B-Dub? Well, let's get it started. Golf, Purdy, or Lamar's Donuts? Or Lamar, just regular Lamar, not Lamar's Donuts. Well, start, start bench, cut. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to start Lamar. I'm going to bench Goff, and I'm cutting Purdy. I'm just not a believer in, Bro- in Brock Purdy. I think he's a system quarterback. Oh, my God, is Dan Orlovsky going to attack me? He's too busy fielding calls about jobs. We'll get that to that a little great. bit later. Yeah. Uh, starting Lamar, for sure. I think I'm benching Goff this week. I kind of like Goff. I know he's not like big game quarterback or anything, right? He's not got that rep. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like he was a little saucy at the press conference yesterday. Got a little chip on his shoulder. I, I think he play. I think he plays fine coming up this weekend. So I'm going to bench Goff, and I am going to cut Purdy. And I don't. I'm not a Purdy hater, but I kind of like Goff as like. Hey, you go you go get yours this week. A little golf redemption tour. I don't I don't hate. So And I just don't want to see us playing the 49ers again in the Super Bowl. Boring. They're boring. No. You know it is. It's boring. They're boring. I, I, again, I don't know what it is. They I, I have no interest in the 49ers at all. None. I don't care. Just get there. I know, I understand that. But like like for me, I'm just like like I don't know why it is. Like I just have no interest in that team. They're just out there like a dangling participle. For me, get there, and then let's take on the Lions. Yeah, uh, I think the a, I think the Lions I, would be great. The Dan Campbell led Lions against the Pack. You, you know, all the media schmucks are going to eat up that whole Dan Campbell. Oh, he's brought this team. I saw a couple of them yesterday. Yeah, yes, you did. Great picture, by the Thank way. Thank you. Um, up next, reality shows, reboots, or game shows. All right, I'm going with the reboots because it makes you feel like you're young again. I'm going with game shows, probably number two, and then reality shows I'm going to kind of kick to the curb. Unless you consider, like, the Food Network a reality show, you know, like the Pioneer Woman, is that considered a reality no. show? Then I'd bump that up. But I'm thinking like, it's all those stupid ones I'm with islands. I'm thinking, like, we bring all these idiots to yeah. an island and leave them there and Golden say, here, here's, a, here's a lighter, get off the yeah. island, you know? I'm like, nah, I'm not in on that, so... The, the Bachelor um, and all that crap. Eh, I'm out. This comes on the heels of Roadhouse is being rebooted. Apparently, the trailer is going to be out today. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is the Swayze. Oh, he was the snake, right? Swayze character. That is correct. I guess, I guess that's good because, you know, uh, Snake Plissken also played the, ba- <laughs> the Bouncer. Sorry, I could get the Bouncer in Roadhouse. Right? Mm-hmm. Right, Snake Plitzkin was the same guy. Yep, was in Ro- Ro- Roadhouse. Um, I'm sorry, 
I, I do like a good game show. So I'm going to start game shows. I'm going to bench reboots. And I can, yeah, punt most reality shows. I used to watch a few of them. But now it's just gotten ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about Real Housewives. I don't care about Love on Islands. I don't care about The Bachelor. Never watched an episode. Proud of it. Yeah. Um, I hate those shows. So I'm, I know people like them, but I'm cutting it. Cut. All right. The Wire, The Sopranos, or Breaking Bad? I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. This is terrible. What a terrible list. I'm pleading the fifth on this one. You got to cut something. You got to start it, and you got to bench it. Uh, All right. I'm going to start Breaking Bad. It's my favorite. I'm going to bench the Sopranos, and I got to cut the wire, but I'm not doing that on purpose. Wow. 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 I'm starting the wire. Mm. We went over that yesterday. Wow. Rising, right? Wow. We're playing the Ravens in Baltimore, and you're starting. You're, you clearly are an anti chiefer. Yeah. Anti chiefer. Omar coming. I will bench the Sopranos because I'm uh, getting back into watching that. It's time yeah. for another cycle of Sopranos right now. I'm so doing I ever, that myself. saw the, you yeah. know, the anniversary of the first episode or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I got to get in. I. Flipped it on the other day, and the ducks were on the pond. Our ducks were on the pool, yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Let's go." Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I don't like this either. I'm cutting Breaking Bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not happy about it. It's just it's not quite in the return cycle at the moment. Right. It'll be. It will be. It there. will be eventually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Don't like that list. That's a. That's an unfair list. My bad. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Finally. Playing cards, gift cards, or greeting cards? I'm going to start gift cards. I'm going to bench playing cards, and I'm going to cut greeting cards. It's my wife's birthday today, right? 49. We're going to go to Burger King later on today, get her a crown. Happy Um, birthday. Took the kids to get cards yesterday, and I didn't notice it until I got up to the register to pay. One of the girls grabbed the extra postage required card. You're screwed when you see that on the envelope because you know that sucker. You're in for a was that like? $8.99. Eight ninety nine. Okay. I got the three ninety nine card. My middle uh, card. My other daughter. My middle daughter. My middle card. Uh, my my older daughter took the six forty nine card, and my youngest daughter grabbed the extra postage required eight ninety nine card. I'm like, my God! Like, my mother used to save greeting cards for us, and every year she we just give her the same card. We we would recycle cards because she complained about the cards. Back in she the was day, right. yeah, because there was a time where my mother's like, I swear I've seen this card, and like three years in a row, my dad gave her the same like Mother's Day card, right? <laughs> the same damn card. And so my mother's like, I'm just going to keep all these cards. We're going to recycle these cards. Back then, they were two ninety nine a piece. Greeting cards are really expensive right now, man. Well, it pays for creativity. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, pay more to get you know extra flap on the card and some right. creative. License on the inside, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but it's expensive. I think you got the list right, though, here. Yeah. Gift cards overwhelmingly start. Yep. Those have value. Value. Uh, playing cards could have some value for doing it right, yeah. I guess. And then greeting cards are just, uh, you, you you do it, but you hate yourself you for hate it. You hate yourself for it. You really do. <laughs> $8.99, extra postage required. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous. You didn't walk out of the store under $50. Oh, no, no, no. At the time, you buy the flowers and the pie. Uh-huh. And the, you know, I went in for, like, on-sale apples. Well, she better and, find you know, some of the value men in your Burger King then. Well, right. I told her this morning when I left, they said, happy birthday. Don't forget, you can have it your way later. <laughs> <laughs> whopper, whopper, whopper. So that is this week's edition of Start, Bench, and Cut. Um, reason number 4,500.
hundred or uh, forty thousand. I think I'm at forty thousand. Forty five thousand two hundred thirty five. Two hundred thirty five. Why I like Nick Bolton? It's just a random number. I mm-hmm. don't really, but but why I like Nick Bolton? So some of the uh, the NFL films sound came out. And he had the, the fake punt against the Bills sniffed out from the jump. The Chiefs get their second stop and slated to punt here. Hey, watch the fake. Watch the fake. Earmuff, 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 earmuff. And now they're going to run a fake. That's tackle. The Buffalo Bills run a fake on the left side. That's tackle, tackle, tackle. He's down. He's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. I love Nick Bolton. He's so smart. I love the guy that he gets. He just got, gets out there and commands that defense. He gets everybody in, in in their spots. He knows everything that's going on, and he sniffed out that fake punt from the jump. I, I love think, me some Nick Bolton. I think we all kind of sniffed out that fake punt, though. Didn't we all kind of feel like it was coming? Right? Like, okay, here we go. This is the, this is the situation. Well, I mean, we're I knew they were going to do something stupid right, at some yeah, point in time. Point, yeah, yeah, there was that, but not definitively. Like, oh, there it is. There I it see is. It. Yeah, he he There's saw it. Tell. Man. He called it. He was out there, and that was that. And they they went out there and they snuffed that thing out and and won well the done. game. Yeah, very nicely done by Nick Bolton. Well done. Here's a kind of cool list involving. Isaiah Pacheco mm-hmm. this comes uh, courtesy of uh, NFL Network. Most consecutive games with 75 plus scrimmage yards to begin their playoff career. This dates back to 1970. Okay. Isaiah Pacheco has had five consecutive games of 75 yards or more from scrimmage. Five. Wow. The only people ahead of him. Walter Payton, Frank Gore, Emmett Smith, Terrell Davis. Oh my God. Pretty nice list. Three of the four in the Hall of Fame. And Frank Gore may get some debate at some point in time to yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, so Isaiah Pacheco with five straight, he can, uh, if he gets another one, 75 plus yards from scrimmage, he will tie, I don't know, Walter Payton. And you know, it's kind of gone hand in hand, as you mentioned that. Mahomes has gone five straight playoff games without an interception. Too. I don't want to talk about that one. I know you didn't. I didn't really want to bring it up, but you, you kind of led me yeah. down that path, yeah. you know? Uh, Pacheco's running style obviously lends to contact, getting after people, and really firing up his team. I would say the funniest one that I thought was they said I run like I bite people. Like, I ain't no zombie. Like, that was crazy. Like, so that was one of the funniest ones. You said I run like I bite the ground. Bite the grass today. That's crazy. So, it's um, it's a, it's a, a, a great opinion I guess to have uh, on the way I run. Uh, for me, it's just um, being determined and understanding um, that I have a goal to achieve and and we want to get the job done. I have a goal to achieve, and if anyone's on the train tracks in front of me, forget about forget it. Forget about I'm running it. Running yeah. you over. Yeah, that's good. That's the attitude that you need to have. Yeah, Let's go. I run like I bite people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it is funny. Like, don't be biting anybody. Yeah, yeah. like you're a rabid dog do or something. Yeah, I don't know. that's not good. Yeah. We we have a nickname for him in our little group chat, the Tasmanian Devil, and we always send each other the Taz memes because he just looks like blah 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 blah, yeah. and just yeah. get out of my way and let's yeah. roll. And when he gets hit and gets up, and oh yeah, he just, just bounces just, up. Blah 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 blah. That's crazy. That's a good. That's a, a good, good impression. Yeah, that that's is a really good. Blah, 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 no one blah, blah, knew you had yeah. Tasmanian Devil in your arsenal. Well, how come you haven't shown that one yeah, before? We yeah. could have been using that all along. Every once in a while, those came out. Those come out. Uh, confidence level seems to be running pretty high. We'll discuss. And uh, Nate Taylor of the Athletic will drop by for his weekly visit coming up at eight twenty-five. We'll get to that next. 
Hey, this is Trey Smith. We'll go with my guy Bob Fesco in the morning starting at 6 on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Little Alan Parsons project. I like this. And now, Edgar from North Carolina, Scotty Bevin. Nate Taylor of the Athletic will join us coming up in just a few minutes. We will chat with him about the AFC Championship game. It's not debris in the roadway. There's a major pothole out there that is eating cars today. At what was it, twenty nine and one sixty nine. Yes, it is. Oh. I'm looking at the the screen right now. They have it up on the news, and our buddy Nick Vassos is reporting, doing a great job. It is a cluster bomb up there. Yeah, it doesn't well, the wait, hang on a second. That guy in the Northland, forget about you, pal. There's nothing going on right outside my window, so we're not going to report on that. So uh, pothole. Do the, the sports. There's a pothole in the Northland. Yeah. Potholes everywhere. Do the sports. Can you fill in potholes with Frank Bucks? No. No, but you can with bets with other mayors. Or, or the, fountain the, cards. Or fountain cards, yeah. yeah you can do that. Damage, yeah. How many fountain cards would it take to fill a pothole? And will there be a three eight cents tax that Frank will veto? Maybe. Just maybe. Do you think Frank vetoed filling that pothole? Looking for a better deal. Yeah. Or what are we doing building stadiums? We got potholes. That's to fill. A, there it is. There it is. Yes, because one has a lot to do with the other. You're feeling good about Sunday, aren't you? I always feel good about Sunday. I know you do, but you <laughs> and I'm probably asking the wrong person this. Yeah. Thirty five nothing, right? Yeah. Thirty five nothing. Yeah. I'm I always feel good about uh, about Sundays. But I, I feel like this town feels really good about Sunday, right? Everybody I talk to is starting to ask the question, when are you leaving for the Super Bowl? I say, well, we're not. Um, I say, Josh, I'll leave Friday before the game. But um, I, and I, then I actually asked some people back. I got some friends, you know, I'm like, are you going? They're like, ah, we're thinking about it. Like people are starting to make those Super Bowl plans and ask those Super Bowl questions. And I get that feeling that people in this town are really confident about Sunday. I don't know that I necessarily feel the same thing about Baltimore. I was listening in the last couple of days uh, on the Odyssey app to some of the stations out there in Baltimore, and I just don't feel like they're as confident as we are right now. Think about it back in, in, in 2018, right, when we made that first AFC championship game against the new England Patriots. How confident were we going into that game? I don't know. I still think we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop, 
But if you were a Patriot fan, you went into that game feeling really confident that, hey, we're going to take care of business. We're getting to another Super Bowl. And I feel like that's where we are right now. We're the Patriot fan mentality where we expect to go into Baltimore and win this game. Doesn't matter who we're playing, where we're playing, when we're playing. We expect to go in there and win. And just from listening to Baltimore, they're talking about, you know, how, how fun it is to be there, how the city's getting behind this, the biggest sporting event that's going on and all of that kind of stuff. And it just feels like Baltimore already kind of won what they were out to get this year. And that was the number one seed and home field advantage and everything else is gravy. And I feel like we as a city are rolling into this game feeling really confident where we are right now that we're going to get a win. And we expect to go in there and get I a win. I was more confident last week. Were you? Okay. Yeah, I felt last week was like, okay, this is this is it. I, mm-hmm. I think this is, this is such a tough matchup that um, I think they can win. I don't think they, you know, I'm not saying they're going to lose. Right. But I felt way more confident last week that it was going to happen. This week, I'm a little more, I'm a little more on edge. Right. A little more on edge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think, Why? I think, I just think Baltimore is really good. Okay. And they've thumped good teams. They have beaten some good teams. I mean, they, yeah, no they've doubt. thumped yeah. good teams. Yep. They haven't, they haven't messed around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their defense is really good. They don't get talked about either. Um, I think it's going to be a defensive game myself. I just mm-hmm. don't think, you know, everybody wants to see these offenses do whatever. I just think it's going to be defenses making plays and, um, that that does scare. Both kickers are good. You know, mm-hmm. I can't rely on a kicker pushing wide right for uh, for the uh, the opponent this week. No, you know, God, that guy's no. super automatic. So, which totally I have a sidebar. Little... I'm tired of hearing that that kick would have sent the game to overtime. Too, I heard it again a lot yesterday. I mean, there no, was still a minute was, 45 no, to go. You've seen the Chiefs? That's a patently false. Right. Exactly. Uh, in their in their recent vintage. So, um, I don't know that I'm. I think. I think. They have all the pressure, for sure. I think Baltimore has tons of pressure on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, should they enjoy hosting this game? Yeah. I mean, I know Kansas City was when we got to host. Right. There was still some nervousness, though, because it was the Patriots, but we got to host. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand how they're feeling. I don't I don't, I don't. don't find myself uber confident. I think it's going to be a tough, toughest matchup of the year. Dub, where do you feel on this one? I'm a little bit with Josh. I, I was more confident last week. I think that this week is, is is going to be a great matchup. I just look at what Baltimore did last week to Houston. You know, they were tied going into halftime. They came out, made those adjustments, and, I mean, they stepped on their throat. They did, yeah. They came out 21 un- unanswered points and just stepped on their throat. So I think we're going to have to play into our strengths, what we've learned these last couple weeks, play a great defensive game, and then run everything through Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey. And we should win the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I, I think also, too, though, you're looking at Houston, and as much as I told you guys they were going to be good all year long, uh, they're still Houston, and they were still there for the first time. And you don't really know how to respond when you get hit in the face like they did, right? They didn't make the plays defensively to slow things down, and they were never able to recover in that second half. Maybe they're a little bit too early. And we're also talking about C.J. Stroud, who was phenomenal this year, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, guys. So you got Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson this week, the Chiefs' defense going up against Lamar Jackson this week. To me, it's a completely different type of team going against Baltimore than Houston was. They took care of business. They did their job. But now you're going to see a team that's able to fight back. And so I'm interested to see Baltimore in kind of a street fight on Sunday because I think that's what it's going to be. I think this is going to be one of those blow-for-blow, play-for-play type games that we're sweating out. The first play is a carry to Pacheco, and he goes two, and we're going, oh, my God, it's already second and eight. got to get some yards. Like I think it's going to be one of those type of games 
But I just think that the team that has tested the most, the team that has been through the most for years, the Chiefs, I think they find a way to win this football game. Please, Pacheco, get like six so they'll keep running. Yes, exactly. I don't want, I don't want, yes. two, I don't want twos in this. Mm-hmm. Throwing it all over the yard. Right. Balance. Balance, boys. Balance. Got to have some balance in it. Yeah. They've been great when they've, when they've done that. So, And then the injury situation, we'll see. Um, you know, doesn't sound like Tooney. Uh, Willie Gay is something to keep an eye on all week. Mm-hmm. I think they could really use him in this matchup, right? right? When you got the, the the quarterback and the and the running backs that could be involved, I'd like to have Willie Gay out there. Um, I don't think I'm really concerned about anybody else on that list. I mean, there's a, it's a long list. It's a this long week, list, but yeah. a few of them I feel like, oh, these are just kind of the the old aches and pains of this time of the year. I'm not really worried about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think Willie Gay is the one to keep an eye on from the uh, the injury perspective. He knows everything that Bo doesn't know. There's so much in my head. And just like the tribe, he breaks down all the Chiefs scenarios. This is such a great question, Josh, because I Thank haven't you. been able to watch a single ounce <laughs> of tape about the Lions. He's our Chiefs insider from The Athletic, the one and only Nate Taylor. Nate dropping by today. Nate, I think this is going to be... I, I'm interested to see the defensive battle in this one. Two really good defenses going at it. I know you got a piece coming out about... Uh, Steve Spagnolo, who has been just probably not talked about enough around the rest of the the NFL. Another on display last week where they give up seven in the second half. I don't know if anybody uh, finds those fine tuning adjustments better than Steve Spagnolo. No, it's it's a it's a great point, Josh, and, and it's largely what I wrote about the fact that um, you know the Chiefs are magnificent, honestly, in the second half of games this season, particularly on defense. Um, and look, it, it's, it's not just the adjustments. Um, it's the fact that like they're willing to do things that um, most teams wouldn't do. Right. I mean, Justin Reed uh, told us yesterday and he told me in the locker room after the, after their victory on Sunday that look, you know, uh, all right, this isn't working. Scrap it. Uh, hey, we haven't practiced this and God knows when we're doing it. <laughs> And we're doing it with the season on the line against Josh Allen um, and obviously a talented Bills offense who had, um, you know, done a pretty good job at controlling the tempo. I, I think one of the more impressive things is they only give up seven points in the second half, yet they played almost 80 snaps of playoff football on the road with that level of physicality um, that's required. So it's going to be a tough challenge going from – uh, as Steve Spagnuolo told me after the game, one headache in Josh Allen to another in Lamar Jackson. But uh, this has been his most magnificent coaching job since he's been a part of the team, uh, you know, since 2019. And you look at any statistical measure and you're like, this team is, this unit, I should say, is the whole instead of the parts, right? Uh, they have very talented players, but they all elevate one another. Uh, just because they have a collective intelligence and they are just very assignment sound and are willing to adjust basically when Spagnuolo is willing to adjust and Spagnuolo understands that he has the players who are versatile enough to adjust in a way that most defenses don't, uh, especially this time of the year when there's so much tape and obviously your tendencies are your tendencies. So it'll be fun to watch how this defense goes up against Lamar Jackson and a very talented Baltimore Ravens offense, but you kind of have to have faith in Spagnuolo just because he's done it consistently over the course of 
you know, being one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Well, I'm gonna, I was going to ask you kind of a follow-up to that. I don't know if there's any metric or way to really judge. I think it is based all on opinion. But is he the best defensive coordinator in NFL history? There's an argument to be made, right? Yeah. I mean, if I mean, if, remember if, what he did with the Giants. I mean, he shut down Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, you know? Right, and they were undefeated with a right. prolific offense. So, you know, um, in 2019, I always like to remind myself this, and, and it's going to be in the piece as well, but Steve Sarnello is still the only coach in NFL history, guys, who has been a defensive coordinator for multiple Super Bowl championship teams from two different franchises. So um, that's how sort of remarkable and consistent he is. And yet you kind of know that he's going to blitz. You know he's going to uh, do some things that are a little bit wacky uh, or that, you know, it's unconventional. And he's going to have guys rotate to different positions. I mean, whether it's Chamari Connor playing, you know, four different positions, whether it's Chris Jones saying, okay, I haven't really gotten the pressure I want from the interior. Cool. When the season's literally on the line, I'm going to go to defensive end and just bull rush the hell out of, you know, Dawkins into Josh Allen, um, you know, to force pressure, to force an inaccurate throw, um, you know, to help us win the game. So, you know, one of the things that I don't think has been talked about enough, and obviously, you know, I've had the time over the last two days to write about it, is they put all of their resources in this defense the last two years. Think about that. They have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and Isaiah Pacheco, and it's great that they found Rasheed Rice, but most of their money, most of their draft picks, most of their decision-making has been to help Steve Spagnuolo, and that unit has rewarded the team to where they can be in this position to once again go back to the Super Bowl, not because of their offense, but largely because of their defense. And, and, and Nate, that's all a tribute to Brett Veach and the scouting department as well, because it's one thing to put all your resources on one side of the ball, but it's also another thing to hit on all your damn resources on that side of the yeah. ball too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, hey, Jalen Watson's out there. You know what we should do for the Buffalo Bills? Test them downfield in completion. Huh. Okay. All right. Hey, you know, our quarterback can throw it 65 yards in the air on a dime in windy conditions. Justin Reed's right there. Hmm. Okay. Hey, their number two safety, uh, Mike Edwards, who played great against the Miami Dolphins. Well, he's got a concussion. We could try to test the middle of the field. We didn't complete a pass over 20 yards because Jamari Connor was locking dudes down. And he was a fourth round, you know, safety in this year's draft class. And I got to tell you guys, Dave Merritt was right. I mean, he told us a couple weeks ago, and this is also in the piece as well, like Jamari Connor was not good in OTAs, but little by little he's improved. Um, he's learned the system. He's versatile just like everybody else. And so, uh, you can obviously talk about Legereus Need and Chris Jones and Trent McDuffie, but it's all these other guys who are just sort of plug and play. And hey, if we need to change something, they're comfortable within themselves to not only understand all the complex, you know, game plan stuff that Spagnola has for a specific opponent, but they're they're obviously like sort of invigorated by the idea that like, okay, we want to do something different. We're going to mess with the, with the offense now. We're going to sort of dictate things because, you know, all of a sudden I was doing this in the second quarter and now I'm doing this in the fourth quarter. Um, again, it's, it's sort of brilliant, but I, I just – it's hard to explain to uh, – and hopefully I'm doing a decent job, but, it's, you know, it's hard to explain how difficult that is when it's like, hey, that guy over there, he could run for 50 or he could pass it for 50, um, and he did neither in the 
AFC divisional round at home when they were the team that was favored to win. Um, it's it's brilliant coaching, and it's players who have uh, grown a level of love and trust for Spagnuolo um, that makes team sports, you know, what it's all about is, is, is coming together and actually having teamwork to have a greater cause than what an individual can just do on their own. Yeah, it's really amazing the depth they put together as well. You mentioned not only the draft picks, but you mentioned Mike Edwards. Like, where would they be if they didn't hadn't sign Mike Edwards? And where would they be if they hadn't signed Drew Tranquil? And just all those, like, pieces. It's just so many guys, I don't know, t- 20 deep or something on defense? <laughs> I mean, yeah. seemingly they've contributed this season? Yeah. I mean, it's it's remarkable. I mean, Tershawn Wharton came back from an ACL and has been a very serviceable player, right? They uh, re-signed... Mike Pinnell, you know, for the practice squad with the sole purpose of, hey, you're going to help us in the run game when the run statistics actually matter in January. Um, You know, Drew Tranquil has been reliable. um, And, you know, he's sort of having this sort of renaissance moment in his career because he's never made it this far. And so if Nick Bolton's, you know, being affected in the run game, um, they have countered with saying, hey, if if we don't have Willie Gay because of his his neck injury, we just plug in Drew Tranquil. And again, guys, one of the most hilarious details. I know it worked, but it didn't work. And the play result is Willie Gay was supposed to be their defender spying Josh Allen. It's unfortunate. His neck injury sort of aggravated him again. And he had to, you know, he had to miss the remainder of the game. This is like middle of the second quarter. East Spagnuolo comes to Leo Chanel at halftime. It says, hey, man, when they're in the red zone, you're going to spy Josh Allen. Leo Chanel And he did a good job because he stopped Josh Allen from scrambling to his left. Problem is through a missile of a perfect throw to, you know, Shakir in the corner of the end zone against Legereus Sneed. But the point is, Steve Spagnuolo was willing to do it. And Leo Chanel was like, cool, I'll do it, even though I'm nowhere near the athleticism of Willie Gay. So um, all these little things that, you know, have a cumulative effect on the opposing offense. I cannot stress enough. They turn Josh Allen to like a high school quarterback, which is a man, check it down, throw it behind the line of scrimmage. Don't make a mistake. We'll take our occasional shots. Hey, those don't, those don't work. Hey, we're going to try to run the ball and just keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. All of a sudden we're going three and out three and out. Now we're, now we're forcing fake punts, which I don't understand, but Hey, you know, all of a sudden, we can't we can't figure out what the Chiefs' defense is doing. And okay, now our season's on the line. Chris Jones forces a fumble. We don't, you know, the Chiefs don't get it. Hey, okay, we're gonna get to midfield. All right, uh, let's take another shot. Doesn't work. All right, we're gonna get close to the red zone. Actually, you're not gonna get to the red zone. And all of a sudden, with your season on the line, you're gonna ask a kicker in windy conditions to attempt a 44 yard field goal. So all of a sudden, much of the pressure went from the Bills' offense, sort of leaning on the Chiefs to all of a sudden the Chiefs defense making a ton of adjustments and the Bills not having an answer in the fourth quarter. Nate Taylor with us here on 610 Sports Radio from The Athletic. I don't know what Isaiah Pacheco was talking about yesterday when he was like, I'm not a goblin or anything like that. I don't bite people when I run and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, this guy, a seventh-round draft pick, man, he, he's – and I know hyperbolic Bob here a little bit, but – I mean, other than Brock Purdy, find me a better seventh-round draft pick right now. You know, not just in recent NFL history, but maybe ever. I mean, this guy's been a superstar for this team. Um, and he's and he's and he's starting to learn how to manage his body, guys. It's it's wild. Uh, you know, he had shoulder shoulder surgery in December, right? Basically, a month ago, 
Um, and he's come back and he's played his best football. So one of the things that I think is most hilarious in all of this is he says, I'm not a zombie, uh, which I'm like, great, good to know. Uh, but, you know, I understand why people say he runs like he bites people. I mean, he's not afraid to initiate contact. And this is a statistic that uh, Kay Adams put out yesterday, which I didn't know, fellas. Um, with him playing on Sunday, he's basically assured to be the all-time leading rusher for the Chiefs in postseason history. Uh, he's he's only played five postseason games. Uh, it tells you how precious uh, postseason wins are, but it does also tell you, too, that when he's played in these games, he's been ultra-effective. And when everybody talks about, like, hey, like let's simplify the offense, the easiest way to simplify the offense is to hand the ball to the running back who's going to not go down on first contact. That has always been his most um, valuable skill beyond not fumbling the football, too. Uh, so he's a guy that loves contact. He needs multiple people to bring him down. He usually falls forward, not backwards, and he doesn't fumble. Um, so, I mean, I guess you give credit to Matt Nagy and Andy Reid for figuring this out after essentially 17 games, but they've at least figured it out to where they said, hey, man, you're going to get 25 carries against the Miami Dolphins in sub-freezing temperature and you're going to help us move the football consistently. And, fellas, I, I tweeted about this on Sunday with Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield and Patrick Mahomes being pretty excellent with his own accuracy. They were averaging nine yards of play through the first three quarters of that football game before things got a little wonky. So um, when they get in the red zone, they should rely on Pacheco more. Um, but he can close games down like we saw you know, late in the fourth quarter against the Bills. And he's averaging close to five yards a carry in the postseason when things are supposed to be more difficult. So the ultimate test, of course, is the Ravens. They are the defense that has given up the fewest points per game this season. Uh, the Chiefs are second, of course. Um, but if you want to maintain balance, if you want to beat a team physically that tries to do it to its opponents, the easiest button the Chiefs have is pushing Pacheco over and over and over again in Sunday's game, not just to limit um, – you know, their own negative plays. But I do think there's a chance for him to wear down the Ravens defense just as much as the Ravens try to wear down opposing defenses with their running attack. When we talk on Sunday afternoon and we're, you know, watching the, the game's over, it's completed, Chiefs have won. What do you think is going to be the biggest reason why the Chiefs win this game? Um, It might really be Steve Spagnuolo. Because, um, you know, if I was in the room... You, you know, and I'm not, by the way, uh, but if I was in the room, I think one of the main points that I think this defense can accomplish is basically having two game plans. We're going to do this in the first half to try to get a lead, right? To try to get up on the Ravens by seven, ten points, whatever it is, to get up at halftime. We're going to present something slightly new that we haven't seen, or that the Ravens haven't seen, I should say. And then in the second half, we're going to adjust we're going to do a bunch of other wacky stuff in the second half so that they can't necessarily just counter to what you already presented. It's a very hard thing to do. Most defenses cannot do this, but the Chiefs have the defense to do it, I believe, just because of all the versatility and the fact that Chris Jones will probably get consistent pressure. Now, tackling becomes super important, and so I think if the Chiefs can be advanced from a mental standpoint on the game plan, but can just be as basic as possible, which is when we hit you, you go down um, and limit explosive plays. That'll give the Chiefs 
I think, the best chance to win. Um, I know what to expect from Patrick Mahomes. Nothing will really surprise me. He will probably have another excellent performance to lead your offense to where they can get 24, 27, hell, maybe even 30 points, again, on the number one defense in the NFL. But the reason the Chiefs may go back to the Super Bowl is because Lamar Jackson will drop back and not know what the hell he's looking at or will not know down to down what to expect, I guess is a better way of saying that, right? You can play seven to eight different coverages because they could do that. You can blitz. You can have simulated pressures. You can drop eight. You can have spies. Obviously, um, it probably shouldn't be Leo Chanel, but hell, he might do it again. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know, <laughs> Willie Gay's not available. Hey, Drew Tranquil, now you're the spy linebacker, and Leo Chanel is going to be a fifth down lineman coming off the edge. Like, again, anything in Steve Spagnuolo's playbook is at his disposal. And so making the entire offense have to think, not just Lamar, but also his receivers too. Like, if, you, if the receivers don't know down to down what the picture's going to look like from the secondary, it makes them have to play less fast than they would like. Um, and, of course, we're going to have to adjust on the fly with the quarterback, and you're going to need both parts of those guys to um, work in concert together. It's going to be tough, um, but I do think the defense doing just enough chaoticness, um, organized chaos, I should say, uh, to get you two, three, maybe four stops in the game, that might be enough for the Chiefs to go to Baltimore, win, and people kind of you know looking around each other and saying, how in the world did this team get to the Super Bowl? not realizing um, the Chiefs have been the better coach team in these first two postseason games, and there's obviously a chance for them to be the better coach team on Sunday as well. For much more on Spags, check out Nate's article coming out at The Athletic. Thank you, Nate. All right, fellas. Thank you so much. Nate Taylor of The Athletic joins us weekly here on 610 Sports Radio. Do I have an update? I have an update on myself. We got an update, my friend. All right, Bill Belichick update next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. Tune in to hear Nate Taylor every Thursday at 825 during the Chiefs season, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Oh, how I miss you. I just want to kiss you. They just got rid of you. Oh, Bill Belichick. You didn't flatten that ball. It was Tom Brady. You didn't spy gate. You didn't deflate gate. He's innocent. So what fire When it should have been Mr. Crowd, oh Bill Belichick. As long as you cut the check, fight the wrong man. Why fire him? They called it a dynasty. He got seven Super Bowls. Oh Bill Belichick. He made me the man I am, oh Bill Belichick, what fire him. Chandler Jones, 
Very Former good. Patriot, yes, and then wonderful. Raider, and then, yeah, now just cutting songs in his spare time. Mm-hmm. Needs working on his editing there, unless that was you that edited it. No, 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 that was Yeah, he needs work yeah. on his editing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was kind of like a, felt like it was a, it was a one-take stream of consciousness that kind of yeah. clipped, it, clipped yep. it together. But. Well, congratulations. He's got um, a audition or Pro Tools. We so do I, uh, do I have a... Mm-hmm. Of a job or not? No, it doesn't look like yeah, it. Uh, per army. Adam Schefter, Bill Belichick is not the favorite now in Atlanta to get that job. Wow. And somebody on the text line texted earlier, don't we just recycle coaches in this league? He was asking about Spags. I'm like, Spags was a failed coach with the uh, with the Rams. He goes, don't we recycle coaches? I'm like, actually, not anymore. It's not really about recycling these guys anymore. It's about finding the 34-year-old play caller who couldn't lead a team through a wet paper bag. That's that's where we're going now for head coaches in the NFL. Very few are recycled. And if Bill Belichick doesn't get this Atlanta job, well, what's that? Carolina? I mean, somebody did text in earlier, which I thought was really funny. He ought to take the Carolina job because nobody wants that job and nobody wants him. <laughs> Be a perfect match. And I'm like, well, that's not a bad way to look at it. It looks like the commodes hired, you know, Carolina Johnson hired or, the Callahan guy. And Carolina hired, no, that was Tennessee who hired oh, Tennessee, the Cal- yeah, 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 it's yeah. all the South. It's, it's I know. six of one, half a dozen of Who's the other. Who's the Carolina coach? Mm-hmm. They're still interviewing people? Yeah, they don't have a coach. Oh, yeah. I thought they did. Huh? I don't think they did. If they did, it's an irrelevant so loser anyway. Same 10 people? Uh, yeah. Um, and so who who else is still open? So Carolina's still open. That's it, right? Atlanta. Uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh is the official head coach at, uh, at the Chargers, yeah. just in case you missed that one. Right. From the 913, EB deserves a chance. I think the Chiefs will hire EB when Andy retires. They showed EB the door. Matt Nagy's taking over when Andy walks away in five years. Yeah. Uh, EB, I don't even know that he was part of any interviews this go-around, other than the commodes. I he may be without a job. I mean, he may not hear, even be an offensive coordinator anywhere didn't next hear his year. Name. He he's off the radar. Like that guy, he's he, his his Q rating is Well, I've you know, I've hired him. I've hired him. The director of accountability, remember? Oh, for here? Yeah. You can't bring him back here. <laughs> no, I don't think he can either. <laughs> you know, I think he'd be a great job. Director need, of accountability. We, we need him back here. We're, yeah. we're on the cusp of another Super Bowl without Eric Bieniemy and without Tyree Kill. We're on the cusp of a Super Bowl because we have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And as long as those two guys are together, the other so, parts will be kind of, you know, just woven in and out. You Belichick know? doesn't have a job. Right. Um, Eric Bieniemy is not on radars. Right. Um, but Dan Orlovsky's getting calls. Dan Orlovsky allegedly getting of ESPN. calls, right? Yeah. Yep. That's right. He's in demand. How many interviews have you had with teams? Oh, um, I don't know if they're full interviews yet. You know, I'm still in the season and whatnot. I've I've been I've had conversations and been hit up by people in, in teams, yes. Um, but I, I haven't dove into, you know, full full go interview or anything like that. Well, how does that work though? They just yeah, reach I get out reached and, out to. Okay. Yeah, you get reached out to and said, "Hey, you know, this is this is the vision. Um, you know, whether staying or going somewhere, would love to sit down and talk with you about a role in some capacity. Title is always something that nowadays, you know, it, it's a I guess like a fluid conversation or or maybe not necessarily a very specific thing. But you just get contacted by people and, hey, what's your interest level, all that stuff. It's always very, very, very flattering. Mm-hmm. Dan Orlovsky on the Dan Patrick Show. I wish this. somebody would yeah. hire him. I, that's where I'm I, at. I do, too, so I don't have to listen to him anymore. I'm yeah. like, I think we've looked at this wrong. Yeah. 
yes, it's a good idea for somebody. Yeah, it is. Really, it is. Reach go, out go get and take him. him and yeah. Get him off our televisions. I have been getting offers to be coach in the National Football League. That's very flattering. Thank you very much. I mean, much. we haven't messed with titles or anything, but uh, people call me about various levels of interest of Well, if that's the case, stuff. why aren't you taking those jobs? Right? Yes. Sure. So let's let's talk about Dan Orlovsky in, in, in this realm. What it's analyst, a complete crap. What analyst are you over? Like, just done with. Because Orlovsky, Romo, and Fran Fraschilla come to mind for me. Like, those are the it's three guys. It's a good list. It's a really good list. Yeah. And, and I think what all – well, well Orlovsky and Fraschilla both think they're experts. And Romo just doesn't seemingly care. <laughs> you know, like, he's yeah. a, what do you think, Jimmy? Again, I think he asks a lot of questions. I don't know that he resolves yeah, anything. Yeah, he doesn't like he. The, Again, I don't see him should as, be asking him the questions. I don't see him as much as you guys do. So no, you're right. Yeah, luckily, right. Yeah. So, be so thankful. what analysts are you over on the Jay Southland Toe Surface text line at nine one three? What's that number again? Uh, five eight six seven six ten. You got it oh, right there in the, front of you. Somebody the, wrote it down. Somebody yeah. uh, replaced my my post-it, post-it note. Yeah. with a piece of paper. So yeah, that was so. a little too fast. Can yeah. you do that again? Nine one three. Five eight six seven six one zero. Yeah, somebody texted. That sounds like Will Ferrell on Anchorman. So full of himself. It is true. Orlovsky would be that guy who expects yeah, to get recognized books, everywhere. Rich mahogany. It did sound I'm like a that. Pretty the end. big deal. I have it's, leather bound books. I mean, we haven't talked titles and things, but at the uh, it's, it's just always flattering. This is this is the vision. Um, you know, whether staying or going somewhere, would love to sit down and talk with you about. A role in some capacity title is always something that nowadays, you know, it, it's a, I guess, like a fluid conversation or <laughs> it's a fluid conversation yeah. about titles. Another analyst I think people are tired of, it's coming in as well, is uh, Sean O'Hara for his uh, stupid yeah, comments yeah, yeah, the other yeah. day. Uh, Tony Romo, uh, obviously, would, would as Stephen well. A count as one? Because I'm, I'm Stephen A. Nah, out. I'm not, I, I don't just know that really I'm necessarily he's Stephen just, A. out. He's just everywhere and in your face all yep. the time, and now he just works. 24 7 and he's the he's the go-to for everything involving espn well he is uh, yeah he definitely is that you know Uh, i'm just i'm just kind of done with him how about tony dungy i think he sucks i think i think tony dungy sucked before he was ripping on taylor swift i think he's a terrible analyst like he is brutal on tv he's not good Mm. i'm over that guy Mm. you disagree i don't see him enough either but i'm with you I, that, I, that whole show he adds not, the whole NBC program. I like stinks. how he fought for yeah. t- he fought on the sidelines with um, the uh, officials twice in yeah. Chiefs games. I like that he had the Chiefs back. I do like that. Yeah, I'll, g- I'll give you that. But I, I I don't think he brings anything to the table. I I just don't. I mean, I think he is absolute garbage on TV. I'm over the sideline analyst for Chiefs radio. Yeah, I am too. Three. Yeah, yeah, we all are. <laughs> Get tired of that guy this time yeah. of year. Uh huh. <laughs> Is Bart Scott still a thing? Somebody's typing in Bart Scott. I yeah. think they roll him out yeah. every once in a blue. He's on moon. the four on one of the four panel things. Is yeah. he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eggman out on him. Yeah, yeah, yep. Tired of Chris Sims. Saturday out on him. Um, I'm over Bob Fesco, dude is a bum. And I don't I am too. I actually agree. Yeah. Uh, We're all in that camp. That's yeah. fine. Jason Garrett is not really good. <laughs> he stinks. I love Ryan Clark. I think he's fantastic. He's one of my favorites. Him and Dominique Foxworth. I love those guys. I love Swagoo. I think Swagoo makes me laugh. Swagoo I just, I just, just think he's great. just funny. Yeah. Funny as all get out. Right. So I like him a lot. 
from the 785, if you actually watch his analysis, he's more astute than most of the other analysts. I don't care. I don't want that. That's not a, that's not for Ooh. me. I guess Orlovsky. Orlovsky. Oh, well, oh. when he does that one segment, when him and Clark do the breakdown, that is fine. Yeah, I have no I do problem like that. with that. But when he comes on there with asinine takes every other day about why we should bow down to Josh Allen, kiss my. <laughs> kiss your what? Oh, you saw the clock. We were timed. All right. Um, <laughs> Mahomes must break you. We'll get to that next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 